Are we seeing signs that the world is about to end? Did you know that the Bible precisely predicts these events? Is Jesus appearing in different places around the globe? In this episode, we will study the biblical end-time prophecies that happen right before Jesus' second coming. And most importantly, we will learn instructions on how we can be ready. Friends, there is hope in knowing what to expect in the midst of turmoil. My name is Cammie, and together we will be answering these questions right now on Unlocking Bible Prophecies. Chaos is increasing worldwide. There were reports of an active shooter. Divides on politics and a worldwide pandemic are sweeping our globe. It feels like the end of the world. Are we headed into a new world order? What will happen next? Join international speaker Kami Utman on a journey to unlock Bible truth and uncover key answers to your Bible questions. In Kami's travels around the world, she has documented incredible miracles while facing life and death situations. Join us for Unlocking Bible Prophecies 2.0, which will demonstrate how God has given us guidelines to successfully navigate through what lies ahead. Together, we will see how Bible prophecy is being fulfilled faster than ever before and how we can have hope for the future. Hi, I'm Cami Utman. Welcome back to Unlocking Bible Prophecies, a thrilling journey through some of the most important prophecies in the Bible. Yesterday, we began with an incredible story of the ancient king Nebuchadnezzar and his dream given to him by God that predicted the rise and fall of the major world empires. When Jesus foretold how this world's final end time events will play out, can we trust that this is what will happen? Absolutely, friend. God keeps every one of His promises to us. The Bible also lets us know that God cares for this world, and most importantly, He cares for you. As we look to the past, we will sit at the feet of Jesus and hear a most sobering teaching on the signs of the end of the world. You won't want to miss His incredible instruction on this an all-important topic. But before we get into the presentation, I'd like to go over some of the logistics of unlocking Bible prophecies. We have several resources we would like to offer you all of which can be accessed by going to awr.org forward slash Bible. First, you can find all of the archive presentations to watch and share with others. Second, our goal at Unlocking Bible Prophecies is for you to receive tools to grow spiritually. So we invite you to enroll in our online Bible school, where you will have the opportunity to dig more deeply into many Bible topics. Before we begin our second presentation, The Signs, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, King of the universe, Lord, we come before you tonight. We want to learn about the signs that you have given us so that we are warned in advance of how to prepare for them so that we're not frightened, but that we are um, relying on you and um, have us fall deeper in love with you tonight as we study uh, your warnings uh, for us, Lord. We love and adore you and may people out there that have been wondering about these things, have their questions answered tonight so they can feel assured by you in your holy word. In Jesus' precious, powerful name, amen. We have been in the midst of a worldwide global shutdown, a global pandemic. This is something unprecedented, and many people are afraid for themselves and their loved ones. Potential economic disaster might be around the corner, and many shelves on the grocery stores are now empty. 
and you may not be able to get what you need. You may be afraid of what the future holds. Our minds are flooded with unanswered questions. Will the economy collapse? Will I be able to feed my family or have a place to live? Will a vaccination be found quickly for COVID-19? When we look around the world tonight, we see many people are perplexed and troubled. People of all backgrounds and cultures are becoming increasingly anxious. They are worried as they look toward the future. They wonder, what is coming next? Bible prophecy clearly reveals God's plan for the future. Let's repeat our theme for this series. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it disagrees with the Bible, then it's not for me. The book of Revelation begins and ends with the glorious climax of the coming of Jesus. Revelation 1-7 promises, Behold, He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of Him. Even so, Amen. Revelation lifts our eyes upwards to heaven, taking us from the problems of this world to the solution who is Jesus. The last chapter of the book of Revelation shows us how close we are to Jesus' second coming. Revelation 22, 20 says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. In Revelation 22, Jesus says three times, I am coming quickly. He wants us to be prepared for this climactic event. You may be wondering, how soon is Jesus going to come? Jesus' disciples wanted the same thing. They asked him directly in Matthew 24, verse 3. What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? In chapter 24, Jesus outlines more than 20 signs of his return. Isn't that exciting? He loves us so much. He lets us know in advance. So let's go through some of these together tonight. In a masterful presentation, Jesus blended the events associated with the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD with those that would take place at the end of the world. He foretold signs of his return that would be occurring in the world of religion, the arena of politics, the sphere of nature, and in the culture of society. The first of these signs concerns the world of religion. Let's go to Matthew twenty four twenty four and see what Jesus warns. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders. Before the second coming, we should expect an explosion of false teachings from religious leaders who are misleading people away from the word of God by false signs. Not all miraculous works are done by God, friends. The Bible teaches that evil spirits can perform miracles too. Let's look in Revelation 16, 14. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them up to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. You see, these false teachers call attention to their supposed miracles as proof of their powers so that you believe whatever they teach. But these signs will be demon-inspired to deceive men and women They are counterfeits. The closer they get to the original, the more credible the counterfeit appears. That's why you need to know the Bible for yourself, my friend. Beware if any religious teacher tries to lead you away from the Bible. 
So what is the Bible standard of a true teacher then? 1 John 2 verse 4. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Therefore, a true teacher will keep the commandments and speak the truth. So beware if anyone comes to you, even if they claim miraculous signs and they can heal the sick. If they disregard the plain teachings of the Bible, run. Run to your Bible. And this is precisely why each Bible text is on the screen so you can see it with your own eyes. And please look it up in your very own Bible. I commit to you to that we will only use God's word as our guide during these meetings. I invite you to study it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. You need to make sure that what you believe is truth. A thus saith the Lord. False teachers leading religious cults are rising up around the world. We can see that. For example, Shako Azara published a book declaring himself Christ. He also claimed to be Japan's only fully enlightened master and took the title Lamb of God. Azahara claimed that he could transfer spiritual power to his followers and take away their sins and their bad karma. Three years after his book was published, his followers released a deadly gas in the Tokyo subway, killing 13 and injuring thousands of people. In the last 50 years, there has been a rapid increase in those claiming to be divine spiritual leaders. On the continent of Africa, Joseph Kibiwateri and Gradonia Merwendi led hundreds of their cult followers to a fiery death after feasting on three bowls and drinking 70 crates of soft drinks. The final death toll settled at 924 people. Jesus also cautioned there would be an end-time explosion in occult activity, in psychic phenomena. Books on the occult and magic continue to sell in the multi-millions. Supernatural themes permeate our blockbuster movies, our hit TV shows, and there are countless sites promoting it on the Internet. More and more people are turning to psychics, mediums, astrology, etc. Desperate people are seeking real answers to their problems, but they won't find them in the stars. We can see these false Christs and false prophets are a sign of the last day. Next, let's turn to Matthew 24, verses 6 and 7. Jesus says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, for a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Jesus predicted just before the end there would be an inter international conflicts on a global scale. In other words, there would be world wars. Now, looking back at the last century, we know it has been the bloodiest of it all, of all. One sociologist estimated in the 20th century, there were 180 million deaths just from war alone. In the 21st century, there have been so many conflicts across the globe, like Iraq, Afghanistan, Ukraine, Yemen, Syria. That's just to name a few. So much devastation as war rages on. All the uncertainty and unrest in so many of the nations around the world. People are looking for hope, and the only real hope is in Christ our Savior. It doesn't matter where you live on this planet. People are longing for peace, but world peace is very fragile. The Bible predicts that all human attempts to achieve global peace will fail. 
the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.3 describes it this way. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, and they shall not escape. A classic example of a peace treaty that was supposed to end all war is the Treaty of Versailles on June 28, 1919, which then led to the League of Nations. But that didn't work. No. It wasn't long until the worst world war in history, World War II, broke out, and then this led to the formation of the United Nations in 1945, but its best efforts have also failed to achieve world peace. You see, war has continued to just engulf this planet. God's word is so accurate, it speaks of our day. Never before in history has the human race had the ability to exterminate itself. When Jesus comes again, it will be at a time when the human race has a capacity to destroy the whole earth. Did the human race have this ability a hundred years ago? No. Today, we have the nuclear capability to annihilate earth's population multiple times over. Jesus promised that when the world would be gripped with fear, he would step in, intervene, and deliver us. Luke twenty-one twenty-six says, Men's hearts will be failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. When the world is closing in on you and fear is gripping your heart, you need to turn your eyes on Jesus because he's the peacemaker. All of history is moving towards a grand climax. Jesus says, lift your eyes off this earth and focus them on divine reality. He says, I am about to return. Unlocking these Bible prophecies reveals there is hope, friends. We have looked at the signs in religion and politics. Now, what does the Bible say are the signs in nature? The Bible predicts that all nature will be out of control just before the coming of Jesus. We should expect tornadoes, fires, floods, hurricanes, and an epidemic of destruction that we can hardly even imagine. Among these natural disasters is the Bible's prediction for worldwide hunger and famine. Matthew 24, verse 7. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Now, we have always had famines and hungry children, but the difference is that it is escalating on an international scale at an unprecedented rate. According to the World Food Program, at the end of 2019, 135 million people were living with acute hunger. But with many countries around the world enforcing quarantine, that number is likely to rise to 265 million. The article goes on to say, Before the coronavirus even became an issue, 2020 would be facing the worst humanitarian crisis since World War II for a number of reasons. As deaths caused by coronavirus around the world continue to rise, the World Food Program has warned that the world faces a possible hunger pandemic as the number, as that number, a number of people most in need of food could almost double this year. For example, right now, there are millions in India who have been without work for weeks during COVID-19 that are facing hunger. BBC reports that this shutdown could lead to a global famine. 
Another contributing factor to a human hunger is a strange occurrence that is happening in several places. Beginning in 2019, there has been a locust infestation spreading across Africa, the Arabian Peninsula, and South Asia. This outbreak of desert locusts is threatening the food supply across the region. There are more and more people to feed and less and less food to feed them. We can see with precise accuracy that what the Bible has predicted is coming true. Let's look at Matthew 24, 7 again. It says there will be famines, pestilences. Hmm, that is an uncommon word. What is a pestilence? It is a contagious or infectious epidemic disease that is poisonous and lethal, such as we have all experienced with COVID-19. Again, Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. There are millions of deaths from vector-borne diseases or pestilences such as malaria, dengue, yellow fever, Japanese encephalitis. You've heard of pesticides on our crops. Well, the reason farmers put pesticides on crops is because diseases are destroying them. Jesus also warned in Matthew 24, 7, there would be earthquakes. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Well, the National Earthquake Information Center records an average of 20,000 earthquakes every year. That's about 50 a day around our world. There are, however, millions of earthquakes estimated to occur every year that are too weak to even be recorded. Since the turn of the new millennium, it is estimated there have been over 800,000 deaths from earthquakes and related tsunamis. Let's now look at Luke 21, verse 11. And there will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. This upheaval in nature would reveal itself in various ways. Hurricanes, typhoons, tornadoes, floods, and fires would manifest themselves in rapid succession. Did you know that in 2019, $40 billion was spent on weather disasters alone? We have seen so many fires happening recently, like in California and the devastation in Australia. In New South Wales, well, they just had the worst fire season in history, with 13.6 million acres burned, or 6% of their entire state. Zimbabwe faced their deadliest weather-related disaster on record last year as a result of a tropical cyclone, Edai. The Bahamas suffered their most expensive weather-related disaster when Hurricane Dorian hit in 2019. Just months ago, in Batangas, Philippines, the world witnessed the eruption of Tal Volcano. My video crew and I had just been filming a miracle story at the top of this beautiful mountain weeks before. These natural disasters are signs of prophecy being fulfilled. We can have confidence in the Bible because Jesus told us these things in advance, not to scare us, but to inform us because he loves us so much. We've seen what the Bible says regarding the signs of Jesus coming in religion, politics, and nature. Now let's look at his predictions regarding the social life around us. Our Lord predicted society's morals would be degraded and fall apart before the second coming. Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. So what did the days of Noah look like? People were focused on themselves, self-gratification. 
They only cared about having fun and attending the latest parties. They sought pleasure in relaxation, drinking, and feasting. They just cared about having a good time. They had numbed themselves from godly things. In Genesis chapter 6, 11 and 12, we are told regarding this time that the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh, all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. In Noah's day, God destroyed the world with a flood because it was filled with violence. Through their actions, they illustrated they had little desire to repent of their sins. People had become so hardened by their persistent rejection of God's word and were so out of tune of spiritual matters that when they witnessed the supernatural miracle of the animals filing through the ark's door in perfect organization, it didn't even faze them. Only for a brief moment were they slightly impressed with God's sign that their world was coming to an end. Friend, let's not be numb like in Noah's day. Can you see the signs? Even the most casual observers among us know that this past year, this past month, was an important time in human history. Something is brewing. Everyone can feel it. Friends, is our Lord coming soon? Yes, He is. And it would be well for us to be like Noah, who had understanding of the time in which he lived. And he and his family followed God's word and got into the ark. The Bible also predicts economic uncertainty as a sign of the last days. James 5, 1-3 describes it this way, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and the corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Wow! Revelation 18.17 then says, For in one hour such great riches come to nothing. Within the last few months, we have all seen the stock markets crash. Jesus is coming. These prophecies are being fulfilled before our very eyes today. But there is one more sign which will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that indeed we are living in the very last days of this world's history. What is it? The final sign that Jesus gives is in Matthew 24. The gospel will be preached to the whole world. Matthew 24, verse 14. I love this text. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Revelation 14, 6 says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. In my travels, documenting miracles in the most remote corners of this world, I have witnessed with my own eyes, God is reaching the unreachable. It is happening right now. Those of you watching this series are a part of this great prophecy. As you are hearing this gospel message being aired in every time zone around the world tonight. In my work, I see firsthand how God has no walls, no borders, and no limits. Let me show you what I mean. Come with me to the Philippine Islands. Here we find a group of terrorist rebels hiding throughout the mountaintops. For the past 49 years, they have been dominating these areas with guerrilla warfare. They call themselves the New People's Army, the NPA. These men and women are determined to overthrow the government. 
Over 40,000 locals have died in this war between the NPA and the government military troops. These mountain natives have traditionally been pagans. You see, each family is only allowed to have three children. If a fourth child is born, the child is immediately buried alive. This is a culture where 13-year-old girls are forced to marry, and men can pay 400 Philippine pesos to swap wives. And that's equal to about $8 in U.S. currency. Like all of us, these people need Jesus and his life-saving principles. Less than three years ago, Avenus World Radio began broadcasting Bible messages from the coastal cities to the highest mountaintops. Some of the NPA rebels tuned in to this Christian station and became intrigued. Their hearts were softened by the stories of Jesus' love. One of the top commanders sent four of his soldiers to find the radio broadcaster and bring him to their remote camp. They did just that. They questioned him about Jesus and about the Bible. Soon, Bible workers were sent to study with many of the troops up in the jungle forest. God's truth quickly spread to over 118 villages. Isn't that incredible? Our team was able to witness the baptisms of 60 rebel soldiers and five of their top commander generals. And that was just the beginning. There have been hundreds more since. These terrorists have laid down their AK-47 guns in exchange for a Bible and a new life in Christ. Many of them have learned new trades like farming and selling goods in the outdoor markets. My video crew and I had the opportunity to film several of their personal testimonies and recreate their stories into a short documentary film. I have to share one of them with you. His name is Daniel. His father was a commander in the NPA, and his uncle and cousins also had joined the troops. Daniel grew up through the ranks. It was the only life he knew. At the age of 13, he killed for the very first time. Soon after, he was given the important title, the executioner, for the entire NPA. He became, he became really, really good at killing and was promoted to the lead hitman throughout the Philippines. He could not even count how many he has killed as there have been too many, from politicians to military soldiers, policemen and, and local criminals. The more he killed, the more numb he became, never wanting to remember their faces. Until one day, he was given a termination order, a TO, for a Christian pastor. He abducted the pastor and isolated him in the forest jungle. The pastor was begging for his life. And even though Daniel was stunned by the kindness in this man's eyes, he pulled the trigger. You see, Daniel always completed his killing assignments. He was known for getting the job done. But Daniel could not forget the pastor's face, and the memory tormented him. He could find no rest. NPA soldiers are allowed to leave their hidden posts to go home to their families for three days every two months. So when Daniel entered his house, he heard a radio playing loudly. His wife and children were listening to a Christian Bible program. He recognized the station as Adventist World Radio. He knew other NPA comrades who were listening and had given up fighting and were baptized. But this was the first time he really listened. Daniel heard stories about a loving Savior who would leave his 99 sheep and go out in search of the one that was lost. Daniel's heart was moved, and in that moment, he understood 
that he was the one lost sheep. His heart softened, and Daniel and his wife took Bible studies and were baptized, along with four more generals of the NPA. Daniel is now on a mission to share Jesus with the thousands of other NPA troops in the Jungle Mountains, so they too can have better life filled with peace and the hope of life eternal. Matthew 24, 14 is coming true, friends. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Now come with me to Zambia, a country in Southern Africa, where my three videographers and I were entering the highest maximum security prison in the entire country. As soon as we entered, they confiscated our camera equipment and put us in a holding room. The guards on duty were not aware of our invite and told us that no media has ever been allowed inside their prison walls. But once they confirmed that we were Avenus World Radio, they escorted us in onto their prison grounds. This was unprecedented. You see, God had made a way for gospel truth to reach these prisoners through the airwaves into their jail cells. This prison averages around 2,400 inmates and over 1,150 have now been baptized. Can you believe it? And out of the 250 death row prisoners, more than 50 have accepted Jesus. That's a lot of the prison who are now Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, peace-filled Christians. They have the hope in Jesus. Even Zambia's general commissioner met with us to express his appreciation for AWR changing the atmosphere of his prison camp. You see, Jesus can do that. Hallelujah. Isn't God incredible? He is reaching the unlikeliest in the deepest, darkest corners of this earth. That's what Jesus does. Just as a thief who hung on the cross must have thought about his life and the choices he had made, he knew that his crimes were deserving of this punishment. Yet the man next to him, Jesus, was so peaceful and kind. He even prayed for his persecutors. The thief was convinced this man was the Son of God. In his last act, he only asked to be remembered. Jesus assured the thief that he would be redeemed. From that moment on, he died with the hope of salvation. This is the same hope given to these inmates on death row today. During this trip, when we were visiting the prison in Zambia, AWR had over 1,070 evangelistic sites across the country. And 1,000 of these were in the capital city of Lusaka alone. This has never happened before. These people were listening to the same Bible topics that we are studying together now. And at the end of three weeks, 18,000 were baptized. Isn't that amazing? But wait, God had an even bigger surprise when we preached across the country of Rwanda, as there were almost 108,000 baptized at the end of three weeks. Did you hear that? 108,000 baptisms in a day. People are hungry for the straight truth from the Bible, no matter their culture or where they live. It is a human desire to need the Lord. I have been sharing with you grand-scale stories, but remember that within these mass baptisms, God is pursuing each one of us individually, personally. So next, I want to tell you about Reuben. Reuben lives in Argentina. He grew up in a Christian home, but once he set out on his own to pursue his dreams of becoming a successful businessman, he drifted away from God. Soon he was at the top of his game with a thriving business and everything seemed to be going well in his world. But one day, 
on his way home from work. He tried to hail a bus by stretching out his arm, and the driver didn't see him, and Reuben was dragged under the bus. He woke up in the ICU with broken legs, a collapsed lung, and multiple other injuries. A long and painful recovery followed, but something strange happened that sustained him through those grueling months. As Reuben drifted in and out of consciousness, he heard a voice telling him, You are not alone. You will make it through this. And a peace he had never known before washed over him, and he felt hope. After four months in the hospital, Reuben went home in a wheelchair. He soon realized he was unable to do the, act, uh, the activities that he had once enjoyed. He shared with us that he gradually fell into a deep depression. I lost my job, my money, my business, and the prestige that I'd felt in my community. I was just a shell of myself. And in my anguish, I decided I just didn't want to live anymore. One day, Reuben decided that he would end his painful life by committing suicide. As he grabbed a knife to slash his wrists, the radio playing in the background suddenly changed stations. This had never happened before, and it took him by surprise. Reuben was startled by this, especially when he heard a voice coming through the radio. The very same voice he'd heard in the hospital ICU, telling him that he was not alone and he would pull through. He again felt the peace he'd felt in the hospital. It washed over him now, and all thoughts of suicide vanished. Amazingly, unbeknownst to Reuben, this is what's really interesting. He was listening to the very first test broadcast of one of our AWR stations. He listened to that station all that day and every day afterward. The messages he heard touched his heart and Reuben felt a burning desire to get to know the truth. Today, Reuben has been completely healed. He is active in his local church and leads out in a weekly Bible study group. But the best part is that he gets to walk all day, something he thought he'd never be able to do again, sharing the saving gospel of Jesus. As you can see, friends, the gospel leaps across all barriers through radio, television, and the internet. Many people can receive text messages even on their phones, biblical presentations right on their cell phones. God is reaching people in every way possible from remote villages to barren deserts, to wealthy homes in gated communities, to prisons and the cities with their teeming masses. The gospel is going forth in these last days in remarkable ways. Millions are being stirred as never before with a sense of urgency. Times are changing. Millions are turning from the uncertainty of this world to seek for a better world to come. Many have sacrificed all to take the gospel to the far regions of this world. God is on the move. He is doing something special. He is fulfilling prophecy. We are on the verge of the kingdom of God. The signs that Jesus forewarned us of in Matthew 24 are becoming more frequent and intense. It is the midnight hour, friends, and God is appealing to you to be ready for his return. Jesus' last words to his disciples before ascending back to heaven was something like this. I have to leave you now, but not forever. One day I will return. And just before I do, the world will seem as if it is falling apart. 
Nations will grow angry with each other. Wars will come. Even nature will seem deranged. Earthquakes will escalate in magnitude. There will be infectious outbreaks in epidemic proportions. And when these things begin to happen, the majority of people will be terrified. But my followers need not be. Indeed, when all of this begins, it is time to look up for the, re- the redemption draweth nigh. Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And remember, I love you. Jesus is after just one thing. He longs for you to give him your heart and enter into a relationship with him. The second coming of Jesus is all about a reunion with you. Right now, would you like to offer up your heart to him? Would you like to say, Jesus, I see the signs of the times. It is clear that you are coming soon. It is clear that I want to be ready for you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we see the chaos in the world today, we are so thankful that you forewarned us that these things would take place. You have given us the assurance that you are in control. Please take our hearts and help us to be prepared for the soon coming of Jesus. In his precious name, amen. Thank you so much for watching and join us tomorrow night for a topic titled The Warning, where we will learn the three angels' messages and what God specifies for our generation. You won't want to miss it. Thanks again for joining us in Unlocking Bible Prophecies. Choose God's way. Good night, friends.